welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's another episode of Mustard MMA. We are back. We've had a great pay-per-view at the USC at the weekend. Time to get into new heavyweight champion of the world. It's all pretty exciting. It's a lovely sunny day outside. I think we might even crack 22 degrees today, if you can believe that. I'm joined, as always, by young Matt. How are you doing, Matt? Looking resplendent with your headband? Resplendent? I, I don't even know what that word means, but it sounds good. <laughs> But I am roasting. I've got my window shut because I live next door to the train station and I've elected for a green tea, which was a bad drink choice. Um, I'm sweating bollocks off here. Well, it's good to see. It's good to see. You can, of course, go back out now. Groups of six in the sun. I'm off this week. I'm I'm off for a little outdoor, socially distant meet with the family all above board because I just am allowed now. So, um, (laughs) yeah, just chilling. The weather's come at a great time. All right, so we might as well get straight cracking into the UFC, I think, at the weekend. Should we should we start with a main event? It was decent. Uh, yeah, something happened, I think, didn't it? Yeah, so that is Big Frank, Francis Ngannou, the new heavyweight champion of the world, finished Stipe in the second round. It was tough. It was tough. We're big fans of Stipe, aren't we? And we picked him to win. We was quite vocal about it as well. It was high off our Jan Blahovic prediction. This was that 2.0, and... Uh, it didn't really turn out too well. I think all credit to Frank Francis. It's just it's just fantastic to see, really. And it's it's it's, it's like I felt bad for Stipe, and I sort of you know, I was there with him. I, I was hurting nearly as much as he was, nearly. Not quite as much. Not though, not, not quite, but close. Slightly a level below. But <laughs> you, it ruined your morning, didn't it, Joe? You text me saying it's just ruined my Sunday morning. It did, yeah. But on the other hand, it is it's difficult not to appreciate Francis and where he's come from and what he's done and and the, his own story that he's writing as well. So, I mean, what about, do you want to start with the fight itself? How do you think Stepe looked? I don't know. I thought it went the first round would go as it was always going to go. That he's just going to have to sort of try and get through that first round. He did, but by the skin of his teeth in it, and it was that takedown that he reversed, and he just ate however many full escorts he could take there. And but yeah, yeah, that yeah, finished any other man other than Stepe. Oh, it's it's, it's quite it's quite that. impressive to see the digs that he did take, really, isn't it? To just because literally he just touches everyone else and they they fall over, and Stepe just took a quite a lot <laughs> and was all right. He, he took a, a hell of a lot. He looked absolutely shattered at the end of that first round. But I thought, okay, he's got through that. Francis might have blew his load a little bit, as he has done in the past. But no, really, did he? But I think what happened, when he did finish him, it was it was a lot about, I oh, finished like a jab and stuff like that. He was dropping him with a jab. I think Stipe was still hurt from that first round. He, he was, like you say, he ate so many bombs in that first round. It's going to affect you. And going into that second round, uh, Francis was patient as he hasn't been in the past, and he's just grown. He's got the grappling. That was the big turning point, isn't it? I'm not sticking my neck out saying that, but when he stuffed that takedown, he thought, hello, this is a different Francis. This could go only one way, and it did, and he knocked him out, and you got a new heavyweight champion, third from Africa as well. So massive congratulations to him. Pretty buzzing for him, really. He's a, he's a lovely fella. He's a nice bloke. He's had a ridiculous rags to riches story, and he deserves every second of it. That's probably the biggest rags to riches story in the whole of UFC, if if not sport in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah, I think Stipe didn't quite look at the races to me. You can always, obviously, the argument is, well, Francis made him made him look like that. He imposed that. And fair, yeah, I agree. Francis did look cracking as well. I think a patient, more thought out, defending a takedown, Francis, is a, a quite a scary prospect if he wasn't scary enough already. So... Yeah, fair play, fair play. It was, it was, it was fantastic to see. 
obviously we move on now. Where where do it does each man go? Personally, I wouldn't mind seeing a Stipe rematch, the trilogy. That kind of be fair, it is still one all. Doesn't seem like that's not really on the cards from what people were saying afterwards, Dana and stuff like that. It doesn't really seem to get a mention, but one man who is is Derek Lewis, who yeah, I guess so. I guess it, it, it's a it's a fan, it's potentially a fantastic fight because you hope because you yeah yeah he has got a win over him and you hope it's not going to go the same way as it did last time in terms of excitement. So that's a good one, but I do think John Jones is probably the obvious one. I guess it depends if he's ready. Maybe he's not. Maybe he wants another eight months. You stick Lewis in. Francis seems fine, and he he ain't going to have to wait long to to get another one in. So for you personally, what do you think? I think I think Jones. I think Jones is the fight, but maybe it makes sense to get Derek Lewis in there now while you can, and then have Jones after. What do you reckon? It's weird going all in for Jones to him and changing the winner and stuff, and then all of a sudden, he's not. He's distancing himself away from it. I don't know if you've seen Instagram and all that. Jones is saying, get cut me, I want my money and all this. He's just slagging off the UFC. Something's going on. He basically just wants to get paid. Yeah. Um, and I'd want to get paid to fight fucking Francis Ngannou, <laughs> so fair play to him. John Jones deserves it. It's the it's the biggest fight I think in UFC history if they do make that yeah, figuratively and uh, financially. John Jones undefeated basically. What were we talking about last week? Ten years ago, he became lightweight champion. He's still on top of the world. And Francis Ngannou, the scariest, most uh, dangerous, violent heavyweight probably there's ever been. So I think that's the fight to make. But on the other hand, as you say, um, he does have that Lewis one to get back. He's already lost that one, albeit in a pretty dull affair. And it makes sense to build up his highlight reel. He does. <laughs> he has beaten pretty much everyone. The person I feel sorry for most here is Bladesy. He ain't getting a shot in the next 10 years at this rate. So the talk about is John Jones. And Dane has kind of come out and said afterwards that he thinks he might be a little bit scared after that one. And obviously Jones is asking for the money. I didn't see the one which says cut me, which is probably a bit extreme. But I think it's fair enough to ask, ask for the out. money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But... um. I think it's fair enough. I don't think there's any chance in the world that John Jones is scared of Francis Ngannou. Like I said, he's been unbeaten for 10 years. Like you, you, You're not unbeaten top of the tree in the light heavyweight division of the UFC for 10 years. And then all of a sudden you're scared of someone. That's not how your brain is going to work, is it, if you're in that position? So, yeah, that's, there's, there's, no, there's no truth in that for me personally. You don't, you don't vacate your title or the division below, move up. And then not fight a heavyweight. It just doesn't matter. Add up. I think yeah, it's exactly. just talking big Dana in it, um, just to try and let it goad him into the fight and stuff like that. He, he's up for it. I think maybe he just needs a bit of time to put size on. I think size was probably a big difference in that fight on Saturday night. So perhaps Jones thinks, oh, well, he's not a huge light heavyweight, is he? So maybe he's just uh, using that time wisely to put on a bit of size. God, just imagine that fight, though. That's that's a humongous fight. That's the one they've got to make eventually. Don't see anyone else in that division really sort of touching Francis, though. I mean, he's beaten everyone before pretty much by Derek Lewis. Cyril Garn, can he? Am I, am I crazy also in thinking DC could actually have this against him, though? Yeah, DC could Not probably give him a good go. Star-wise, size-wise, I think he's perfectly made for it. But uh, obviously, <laughs> DC's retired now. Bar that, the heavyweights, having lost Overeem JDS name-wise, it's not really sort of got much going on there. So Francis is going to have to carry the can there and they just carry the heavyweight division into the, the next generations because there's not much going on there and they're just going to strap the rocket shit to him and he's just going to become a superstar now. With that in mind, if you're Stipe Miocic after that loss, do you think it'll be worth sticking around, having to fight maybe a, a, 
a younger prospect or a, a top five ranked opponent a couple of fights to then get you go because like you say there's not a ton that a few names are gone so maybe he's feeling a little bit down on himself it ain't looking too great in terms of a rematch at the moment do you think it obviously you're not you're not Stipe you don't you don't know you don't know him but do you think it would be worth it to stick around because that title shot kind of it can't really be too far away just because of the the names that are there yes yeah, good point actually I think he, he does take a lot of time off between fights anyway, so I think we'll see him in about a year's time. We'll have a better idea of which contenders have been swatted away by Ungarno or if Jones is the, then the champion. As you say, though, there's a handful of names in there. Stipe's always going to be there or thereabouts. He's, look over him. He was always like one shot away and he lost every other fight. So this is one of those things up at heavyweight. So he'll definitely be there. It just depends on whether he wants to or not. He'll be 39 soon. Loves his job as a fireman on the side. I can see him definitely coming back, though. I think he knows he's better than what he showed on Saturday night. Uh, I'd love to see it. And for your picks, Joe, you better hope he comes back before December. <laughs> yeah, I've got faith. All right, we'll have a look at the co-main. Fireman. Exactly. We'll have a look at the co-main event then. And again, a little bit of a bummer. Uh, or maybe not the right choice of words. A little bit <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a disappointment for me, this one. Uh, particularly, particularly when you see how Tyron Woodley started this fight. He came out absolutely ablaze, didn't he? And I thought, yes, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for, for, you know, at least three fights, at least three fights now, if, if not more. But it just didn't work out, did it? I've, fair play to Luke. He done well. He, he's a he's a fantastic fighter in his own right. And it, it's, a, it's a nice little notch on his bedpost, so to speak, to, to get this win over Woodley. But, you know, oh, I was just I was just so, so gutted because this is it. He came out, he did everything you wanted him to do. He looked good and, and he just got caught with a punch and he didn't really seem to regain his feet at any point after that, did he? He kept on swinging, but yeah, just took just took one, took one, one too many there. And, and like I say, for Luca, it's fantastic now. He's right up there. Probably going to have to fight Wonderboy again. That'll probably be the fight they make, I would imagine. But fair play if he does get a win there, if he can get the rematch. He's right up there. So, it, like you say, good fight. Good to see Woodley in that condition, but still didn't quite turn out his way. He, he got into a firefight with the wrong man, didn't he? That was the long and short of it. I, I loved it, the way he just sort of flying out the blocks. It, we've been waiting for it for about an hour and 20 minutes of fight time. His last three fights were into actually sort of kicking to gear and he, and he knew that and he, he did turn up. He got into a firefight with the wrong man. Um, it was a fantastic fight while it lasted. As you say, he was still swinging. Even yeah, it was. He was. doing a chicken dance. He was out on his feet. But Luke is the next generation. He's been on our sort of uh, radar for so long now and he's finally kicking into gear. What was he going into that? Number seven, number nine, something like that. So he's certainly going to be cracking that top five sooner rather than later. Woodley, though, I'm... I put it out yesterday, but I think he's just one of the most underappreciated, not underrated, because everyone rates him, but I think he's just underappreciated champions. He's certainly top three welterweights of all time. Um, and it was as bad as it was to see him, as a bummer as it was to see him lose <laughs> like that on Saturday. It, it was good to see him back to his whole self, even if it was just a glimpse. He, he went out on his shield. He's obviously a free agent now. So, as you say, probably ends up in Bellator and gets the belt there sooner uh, rather than later. But it was good to see him just had that fire back, if only for a couple of minutes. But Luke K called out Nate Diaz. No chance of that happening, I don't think. Nate Diaz don't pick up home for big, big names. Uh, no disrespect to Luke K. He was a fantastic fighter, but he's not a huge name, is he? No. That fight ain't going to happen. 
don't really fancy seeing the Wonder Boy fight either. I'd like to see a bit of fresh blood in there. So who knows? But plenty of fights there. Perhaps Leon Edwards. Well, that's another one I was going to mention. Yeah. Can you get Leon Edwards for a number one contender? That seems kind of fair. Obviously, Wonder Boy would get stepped over again, as he is loath to do. Bit of a long shot, but Edwards, I think, would take that fight and probably fancy himself. Can you get that one made pretty quickly? Does that make any sense yeah, to you? Well, well, I think it does. I mean, if, if Edwards is going to come back and fight Bilal Mohammed and only get sort of five minutes of cage time after 18 months out, Luke fought for two minutes. Yes, he got clipped, didn't take too much damage. Edwards took no damage. So it's an easy fight to make, rankings-wise, time-wise. Just get it made. It's an exciting fight as well. What about Sean O'Malley then? Back in the wing column, although, of course, in his eyes, he never actually lost before. I mean, I have to say before we get into it, the stick, it sort of it rubbed me up the wrong way a little bit. I would say, like it was, it was, it's all right. I've, I think he needs to just get over it a little bit. Do you think? What, I mean, what, um, what, what's rubbing you up the wrong way? Well, so he lost with the and his his leg. He got kicked in the leg, didn't he? And it went numb, and he lost. And he's still going on about he didn't lose. He's still <laughs> just Buffer announced him, and he put up the O himself rather than the one. Which is fair enough. If you uh, want to go, if you want to go down that route, that. that's fine. That was okay, but during the fight and things like that, things he was saying like, "Oh, you got to do is kick him in the leg." I mean, like, all right, like, chip like, on his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, you lost the fight. Let's just move on. Like, it is what it is. Your leg, your leg got done. You got finished. Move on. <laughs> I agree, Joe. There is something about him. I was a big fan when he first come through and stuff like that. But yeah, he's he's, he's getting on my. And my wick just a little bit, particularly <laughs> these little antics at the weekend. Obviously, we had the, the walk-off KO thing. Uh, what did you make of that? Yeah, I mean, nearly fucked it for himself, didn't he? Uh, I mean, you can't really knock it in the end because he came back and when he finished him, Almeida, although I thought he gave a good account of himself, I don't think he really ever got to a point where he looked like he was troubling O'Malley or he was going to do, you know, turn the fight around 180. So... Yeah, he'll have to learn from it. When he, he he's desperate, he's desperate for highlight reel finishes and and knockouts, and you can just see from the way that he's fighting. He, and obviously, he's still very skillful to set these shots up and be able to land them. Don't get me wrong, it's he's fantastic. He could be a great prospect, but um, yeah, he's just desperate to get the highlight reel finishes, isn't he? And he thought he had one there, and it it could have cost him. In the end, it didn't. So luckily for him, he moves on. I do think now, looking at the future, though. You got to give him. You got to give him a big boy. Obviously, he lost. He lost um, to Cheeto Vera, good name, and he and he lost. To be fair to him, and uh, so he's come back. He's got the win. He's given it the uh, Barry. So I think now you got to move on to a, a big fight. You got to fight a big name, a real test, I think. And obviously, someone has called him out. We'll get into that later. What about you? Is it? It's kind of make or break now, isn't it? I don't know. I, like you said, Cheeto Vera is fifteen in the rankings, and he's lost to him. So I, I don't necessarily think he, he needs a big boy. I don't want it. I could see what's going to happen. He's, he's going to skip him past that 11 to 15 ranking, given the top 10. That's what's going to happen. They're plowing their money into him. He's very marketable. He's an excellent fighter. Don't get me wrong. He gets on my nerves, but he's fantastic. Incredibly he is. talented. He is. But he, he's going to skip the line and it's going to annoy me. You've got Marab in there who's at 11, I think. And you've got others. Who is it? Kyler Phillips is in there. These lads are going to have no chance of climbing their rankings because you've got people like O'Malley who are just going to skip him. That's what's going to happen. He's going to skip some. He's going to skip Vera, who's beaten him to fight someone in the top ten. That's what's going to happen. And it's going to <laughs> why, did, why don't they just do the Vera rematch? Why don't? Why isn't he? If he yeah. knows he won that fight or didn't lose that fight, why isn't he just calling and begging for that rematch? 
it just doesn't make sense to me. But, yeah, that's fair. Right. You could do that fight. I like that fight again. And if he loses that one, well, he'll have to accept that, I think, second time around anyway. Well, yeah, I doubt it though. So, and some other good fights on this card as well. Jones. Yeah, we had, a, we had a young prospect in the flyweight division over on the women's side. Uh, Miranda Ma- was is it Miranda Maverick? Have I got that right? We'll go with Miranda Maverick. Miss, Miss Maverick. Definitely Maverick. Miranda Fear the Maverick. Good win, actually, up against uh, Gillian Robertson, who was ranked 15. I think I think she's had the most fights in the flyweight division now, I think they said on the night. So, obviously, a, a proper experienced stalwart of that division fighting at a high quality, and, and Maverick came in, 23 years old, won the fight very convincingly, really. She bossed it on the feet, looked looked very dangerous with a stand-up, won, won all the battles there, and when Robertson went to the grappling, Maverick kind of had the upper hand there as well. So, like I say, a young 23-year-old just just beat someone ranked 15. We kind of say it every week, you're off to the races now. You, obviously, you can only go up, really, can't you, from 15. So it's going to be a tough old start to Ma- Maverick's UFC career, but it was a it was a good fight actually, and on a big card, building a big name. Obviously, the UFC expect big things on her, so I'm excited to see where this young prospect goes. Yeah, always looking for talent in these new divisions, particularly in the ladies' ones. And yeah, great performance. What 23, you say as well? So what a future there. And opening up the main card, Jamie Malarkey pulled off a surprise win. I thought against Karma Worthy, he lost his first two UFC fights. Malarkey, I think he lost to his countryman Brad Rydell in his debut, then lost his next and his comeback year against Karma Worthy. He's got a decent decent bit of hype in him, although himself has lost two in a row now. So, you know, I guess, I guess it's one of those things. You get a um, you get like a highlight reel knockout, as, as Karma Worthy's done, and you get you get punted up, and it can be tough at the start of your career. So, you know, tough for him, but Jamie Malarkey, great character, got a quality finish, enjoyed this one, opened it all up, set it off to a, a nice little pace, I thought. Yeah, lit the touch paper, didn't it? It was just it fantastic. First round, put him to sleep here. Fantastic. Great um, great for Malarkey. Great name as well. Yeah, he's a great name. All good all round. And it's obviously good for these Australian fighters to get a win because I think their situation when they're going home and the, with the quarantine and stuff like that, it's quite strict. So I think we've seen Dan Hooker go back after a, a quite devastating loss and he didn't get home for like six weeks or something mad like that. So fair play to Malarkey with a win there. Yeah, it does sound like a massive pain in the arse but um, big big win I think he's city kickboxing as well so they probably needed a little uh, little boost after the Adesanya uh, loss a couple of weeks ago so great start to the main card Joe anything on the prelims stuck out to you? We had Modestas Bukalkas didn't you who's a honorary Brit shall we say put it that way and unfortunately it was a good fight it was a cracking fight two two absolute units weren't there up against Oleksiy Czech yeah. I think who's obviously quite naughty on the feet so Pretty close to um, decision. Perhaps, you know, a few more kicks and stuff like that. Might have been a, a different outcome. Far be it from me to, to critique his performance like that. But still a good performance. Didn't really do too much damage to any kind of credit. Because like I say, it looks Alexei Chuk is a uh, top draw, really. Got a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, you go through that fight of a fine two comb, you might get a, the real winner and stuff. But either way, it wouldn't have been a robbery. Split decision. Could have gone either way. Great fight. So he'll be back. Also, for uh, Alonzo Menifield, uh, Joe, see this one? He got the win early by your, your Von Flew choke. And Joe Rogan got my nerves a little bit again. So we haven't <laughs> mentioned him yet. Yeah, go on. I've got to get my, get my pay-per-view shout-out slagging of Joe Rogan in. Yeah, It was Standard. the first time, actually, I, I heard his voice and I thought, oh, I forgot he's back on these pay-per-views ever. But it's normally a nice surprise. 
normally a nice little surprise. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. He's, he's, I mean, he was always out of touch, wasn't he? Obviously, when you're that big and famous and wealthy and living in mm. California, Los, LA, you're going to be a little bit. But I feel like he's he's gone fully off the deep end now, and he he's got the t, he's got the TRT and the hormones coming in left, right, and center, and he's just he's just a bit all over the place, isn't he? <laughs> It's like if a fighter goes and not not fights for a couple of years and comes back, the game's passing by a bit. As you say, he was probably passing him by a little bit anyway. But when you're only doing one a month by uh, commentary, he, he's definitely off the pace. He's definitely off the pace now. But this isn't in particular anything bad. It's just like he's they mention it every time. Every time there's a Von Blue joke, they're like, it's a Von Blue joke. Oh, it's, it's got to be the OSP choke. This should be cool because OSP does it loads of times. You wouldn't do that if someone done a Cruyff turn loads of times. Just change the name because Ronaldo does a Cruyff turn loads of times. Oh, we should call this Ronaldo turn or whatever. It's just a noise because Von Blue invented it. <laughs> Never forget it. Give the man his credit. I can't believe people are still getting caught in it, to be fair. Even you and I know, Joe. Inside control. You let go, yeah. Ed. Let go, yeah. Let go. Just let go. It's easy. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's twice that's come up now, isn't it? The Go Corner weekly podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else on there for me? No, but it was good round. It was good all round, wasn't it? It was good. Like I say, if you're out there paying eight, eighty, seventy, eighty dollars for it. No, do you know what? I liked it. I liked it. I did like it. Even even though I said I was a bit gutted with the outcomes, you, it, what like the kind of actual content of it was great, wasn't it? Those last two fights. And I think it just to wrap it up, is fair play just to Give a little shout out to Tyron Woodley. Went out on his shield. Mucho's respect for for everything he did in the UFC. Like you say, I think I think maybe as the dust settles and a little bit of time goes on, we'll all start to appreciate him a little bit more. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think he did divide opinion. I think a lot of people thought he had a chip on his shoulder when he was champion and stuff like that. Yeah. But as you say, as the dust settles, when he's not so in the limelight, people sort of when he was winding people up and stuff like that, he was gearing attention to his boring fights and that's what people associate him with when you actually look at it, some of his finishes and some of his title defences he was oh, super. an incredible champion super. Darren Teal won the first Wonderboy fight which keeps getting forgotten about yeah. Lawler incredible fight Lawler the night on huge MSG um, Lawler yeah that's fantastic Jack Pondy he's beaten so many big names so yeah, fantastic champion. Hopefully it goes on to bigger and better things outside of the sport. So we haven't got a card this weekend, actually. I think it's the first time this year, is it? I think once it's got back up and running this year, we've been one every week, it feels like. Yeah, it's just been loads, isn't it? Yeah, but we haven't, we haven't got one coming up this break, week. Are you enjoying the break? I didn't know this until you told me. Yeah, I mean... Sorry, a train just went by there. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big card next week as well. So Darren Till, obviously up against Marvin Vittori, the British lad going out there, flying the flag. So we are excited for that one. So yeah, maybe maybe a little break after a big pay-per-view rather than having one of those little filler cards. That might get us right up for it. Yeah, do with a break, do with a break. It's yeah. Easter, isn't it, Joe? So uh, you're going to have to get Gregs in and all that game. So uh, plenty of time for that. But some news to get stuck into, isn't there? Yeah, let's get right into the news. So, like I say, Matthew, we better try and uh, drag this one out because we haven't got any fights to come up this week. So, got to get our money's worth for the news we got this week. Going to start off with a legend returning to the sport, former champion, caught me 
completely off guard this one. Didn't see it coming, young Matthew. And that is Misha Tate is back. And not only is she back, she's already got a fight booked against Marion Renault. July 17th, Renault, I think, is a ranked fighter. So no no wasting any time. I've seen a few comments. I think she's out there for Nunes, nonetheless, or no other. She kind of said she sees holes in Nunes's game. She thinks she can. She's the one to expose them. Misha Tate, and she was a great fight. Obviously, lost to Nunes. So, I mean, good to see her back. I think, but you got you got to hope it goes well. I guess if if she comes back and kind of gets dismantled a little bit in her first fight, it, it might have a different gloss to it. I suppose. Yeah, t- took me by surprise. I, I don't know how old she is, but it seems like what was it five years since her retirement? She went Ages. Two losses. She lost to Nunes, yeah. and I think she lost her. A drab decision to Raquel Pennington, but I think she went to start a family stuff like that. She was working for One FC, I think, out there in Asia as well. So she's back, but it could be one or two ways. One, she just needed the rest. She just needed to get her head into a different space to come back, or she's coming back and she really shouldn't be. So I'm leaning towards the latter because obviously we said it there with Joe Rogan in his chat. Isha Tate has the game passed her by. I mean, the women's games come leaps and bounds in five years' time, like chalk and cheese, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I don't, and, and Nunes beat her well easily back then. So well, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think it's fair. I think it's fair enough. I think to see it would be fun. Talks of beating Nunes, I think you're, you're reaching a little bit there. I have to say. Yeah, definitely. There's no chance, but it's always good to sort of see some, although it's old blood new blood back in those women's divisions, particularly Bantamweight. That's taken a bit of a hit what with Nunes being so dominant and Rousey no longer there, has name power. So it's good to have Tate back. She's seems like a lovely woman, good analyst as well. So yeah, you, you can't grumble with that. But as you say, I, I can't see her getting that belt back anytime soon. Let's see if you grumble with this little nugget we've got here then. We had the lightweight title announced last week. Obviously a lot of people were unhappy with that. It seems like this will be why. I'm not sure if it's 100% official official now, but Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier for no title, just just for the for um, bragging rights, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> just for shits and gigs. UFC 264, so uh, not too long to wait. Obviously, four pay-per-views a few months ago, few months away. What do you make of this one? Then it, it was kind of the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? Both, both men wanted it. I think the company, when you look at it, wants it. Us two, personally, if I can predict what I think you're going to say, not that fussed about it, really. But good fight. It's not for a title. Poirier, obviously, this is the one he wanted overall. So it's not like... I don't think he's getting sort of looked over or, or, or messed up, messed about because this is the big money fight. It's going to make him the most readies, isn't it? So what do you make of it? Kind of writing was on the wall, wasn't it? Yeah, it was going to happen. I'm glad it's happening so soon because then we can get Dustin into some proper fights after. After he wins, yeah. Title hunt. Yeah, I mean, I think I just can't see it going any other way, surely, unless Connor gets an early stoppage. He did look okay. He didn't look too bad. But what about, what about if they've much in the... figured out the pesky low kicks? Well, uh, I don't think they can, Joe. The no. Pesky low kicks are a puzzle <laughs> that cannot be solved. You know? Yeah, no, I would, uh, yeah, I would tend to agree. I would tend to agree. But it kind of be. It's do or die a little bit for McGregor, though, isn't it? If he does lose this one, it's difficult to 
to come back for it in any, in any kind of meaningful way straight away. So I would, I would fancy Poirier off the back of the last fight, but just because of the situation, the kind of not, not a desperate Megrega situation is, but it's kind of, like I say, it's, it's, it will set up the rest of his career when it, which, which way it goes. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely write McGregor off at this stage. No, I just heavily favoring Poirier because the fight was what two months ago. And this one's in three months. Yeah, I that's can't fair. See him changing a hell of a lot in that time. Yes, I feel you. Change some things, but I just can't see it. To be honest, I think it, you've got to give McGregor credit. He does well in in rematches like that. So if anyone's going to do it, it's him. He wouldn't take the rematch if he didn't think he could do it. His belief is second to none, and he's a world class athlete. Has the game passing by is the only thing. As you say, the winner and the loser. It will. It will. It will create a path for both of them how they go forward here. It's, it'd be devastating for Poirier to lose here because he's well out of the title picture when he should be in the title picture. Before this. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is true. Yeah, will be back yeah. if he gets a win over Poirier. So I think that's the way he's looking at it. It's almost like a fast track to the title. Can't see anything other than a Poirier win. Uh, win. But it's an exciting fight nonetheless, Joe. Um, massive main event, no title on the line. Don't need a title on the line with a fight like that. Um, but yeah, wonder where it's, where's it going to be? Do we know? Is this in America with a packed stadium where they've got fans back and all that game? I would have thought so. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Nice, nice. I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it's a great fight. It's fair play to Dustin as well. He's, he's grinded and grinded and grinded throughout what, 10, 15 years in the UFC and He's getting his just rewards now. Fair play to him for going down the, this this route to get all that money, and uh, instead of going for the title first, because he'll be back in that title picture, win or lose, really soon enough. We mentioned Sean O'Malley earlier and who he might fight. There are some rumours going about doing the rounds that um, Dominic Cruz might be the man for him. I think Dom's had a little word. He fancies it. You know, I kind of I kind of like to see it. This, for me, like I mentioned earlier, this is the kind of test that I'd like to see. O'Malley get and I know yeah like you made some good points valid points he will be jumping over people he'll be jumping over Chico Vera who he's already lost to so I get that point of view but I, you know I think they they presented him as as this kind of star he's clearly a fantastic fighter and got a lot of potential he's giving it the big one he's giving it the Barry like you said so why not make this fight why not give him a go against Dominic Cruz Dominic Cruz you know it's kind of no lose situation, I guess. Really, he has he has a go at the tail end of his career. If it don't work out, it don't work out. But this is, you know, potentially a good fight for O'Malley without chucking him in against absolute number two, number three in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, I think Dominic Cruz is like number nine or something like that. Like you said, he's not one of them top dogs anymore. He's he was a top dog. He's an older dog now. He is. So he is on the tail end. He looked good against Casey Kenny, but he certainly didn't look as quick and as nimble. And and I don't think his style as is as uh, puzzling as it was in his prime. People have figured it out a little bit, that sort of style. So it will be a good fight. It will be a good scout for O'Malley if he could get it. He's a big name. Uh, we moan about, well, I was moaning about O'Malley jumping the queue to get there, but Cruz jumped the queue himself to get a title <laughs> summer. So... Uh, swings around about. And the rankings ultimately don't really mean that much. If it's a fight the fans want to see, it's the fight the fans want to see. So uh, I'm happy for it to get made. I would prefer the Vera rematch because I think there's a bit more of a backstory there. And it would help just put that to bed for O'Malley. It's a stick for people to beat him with otherwise. But the Cruz fight does make sense. It's, it's a good fight. 
and possibly the biggest bit of MMA-related news in the UK this week, particularly in Liverpool. Paddy Pimlet has officially signed for the UFC, picked up a nice win, obviously, in his kind of return fight last week, wasn't it, in the Cage Warriors trilogy? Straight into signing a contract with the UFC the next week. So obviously a fantastic couple of weeks for Paddy Pimlet. And I think we're all excited to see how this goes. He's a fantastic character. He seems like one of those where when he says he wants to go out there and put on a show and entertain the fans, you get the impression that that is actually what he wants to do. A lot of people say that and then they go out and grind out decisions. Obviously, if you if you need to, fair play. But, you know, Paddy Pimlet's one of those where it looks like he really does want to impress people and entertain people. He goes for crazy flying triangles and stuff like that. I kind of hesitate to say that they might need to be put to one side a little bit or, or at least you know, use them as a finisher when you've got someone uh, rather than going for it first round and things like that. But excited to see where he goes. It's interesting because obviously he's not he's not a belt holder as such, but he's, he's in there and he's, he's the whole package really potentially, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. I mean, people have been waiting for this moment for, for years now. I think Pad, the key thing is Paddy's turned it down before, which I think speaks a lot about him. He, he, he knew he was going to get there eventually. I think yeah, it does. Jimmy Manua, like he beat loads of people locally, but turned down the UFC he said no I'm not ready I'm not ready uh, and Pimlet weren't ready when they first got initially got asked I think he's had a couple of tough losses but he's only 26 and he needed those tough losses I think when you look at him now you can physically see the difference between the old Paddy Pimlet before all the, sort of the layoffs and stuff and he's physically looked stronger and I think more ready obviously he's all about the ground game he's had some impressive performances like you say the flying triangles he, I remember he dominated Ashley Grimshaw on the ground who's fantastic um, jiu-jitsu and Paddy dominated him. Um, so I think if he can sort of translate that with improving his stand-up, getting his wrestling down, he could be a big, big star in the UFC. He's obviously got the marketability. They love a scouser. He's, he's got all the chat. He's got the uh, tools to back it up. So that's a huge acquisition. Hopefully they take him slowly. It's a, what is it, featherweight? He'll be in there featherweight, I think. So, there's fucking animals in there. <laughs> there is. Too far. Ease him in, see how he gets on, and you've got a potential superstar in your hands. Yeah, buzzing for that one. I am buzzing for that one. And that takes us nicely on to the entertainment section with your girl, LK. Hello, Joseph. Hello, Lorraine. Oh, that was bad, wasn't it, that one? I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like being in a room with her. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. Torture, what that is. we got, LK? So we've got Hamzat, the big man, Chimaev. He's back. He's targeting a July return. Obviously, we spoke about he threw his toys out the pram. He had a little bit of a cough. So he's like, no, I'm going home. I ain't having it no more. But he's back. He's targeting a July return, like I just said. I think we all saw it coming. It was a little bit strange at the time. But, you know, all jokes aside, hopefully he's back to full health now and he can come back and do some damage. Maybe that maybe that Leon Edwards fight, potentially on the card towards July. What's that, four months away? Leon probably wants to get something in there before then, but... I guess if you wanted to, you can make that one again. But it might be a little bit cursed, so maybe just leave it, I guess, for the moment. Might be the better option. But still, hands out. You know, we've always said we need to, personally, we need to see more before we get fully behind someone. But it does look a very exciting prospect. And people who know a lot more than us think think highly of him. So excited for this one. It's good news all around. Yeah, I'm always moaning about him jumping the queue and saying how, untested he is and he shouldn't be fighting Leon Edwards and the second he said I'm not fighting I was gutted and I'm buzzing <laughs> about it, so I just talk out my ass most of the time yeah he's, he's quality he's just 
he's got something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, something. That's that uh, that transcends to the the pop culture or whatever you'd call it. What would you call it? Yeah, pop culture, zeitgeist, something like that. So he's got Diaz Chimio fight. That's that's a fight to make. That's one that will just capture the imagination of everyone. Whether Diaz wants it, I think he probably fancy himself to be honest against Chimio. I think that's a great fight, Joe. Why don't we make that one? Yeah, it's it's a good shout. You're nodding. You love it. It's a good shout. I do like that one. I do like that one. (laughs) All right, don't get don't get too up your own ass. Huh? Don't get too up your own. Yeah, great chat. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a good chat. <laughs> no, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. All right, something else you wanted to mention as well? A little, little fundraiser that's going on? Yeah, I only cocked this this morning, so I don't um, know the full ins and outs. So John Gooden, you know, the English fella, does yeah. all the cards. Big no fan. Guy, top lad. He's doing a fundraiser for local MMA gyms in the UK. It's called Keeping the Lights On. So obviously, uh, pandemic's hit. Lots of fighters not able to train, therefore not being able to pursue it as a career and gyms actually shutting as a result. So I think what is happening here, best bet is to go to actually John Gooden's uh, Instagram page. But there is a website, if you bear with me, Joseph. I shall. Keepthelightson.net. So it's a fundraiser. You nominate a gym and by the 30th of April, uh, they'll make a decision. And then uh, I think that particular gym that gets the most votes or something will get a, a big chunk of cash coming their way to sort nice. of keep the lights on. So, yeah, it's good little uh, calls there for the local MMA community. Obviously, it's a tough time for everyone who's involved there, particularly those gym owners having to shut, not being able to get custom in. Hopefully by the 12th of April, that'll be able to change. But, yeah, give it a shout give it a look um, and pump some money into the community. Great little initiative there. Good spot. And we're going to finish this one on possibly the biggest news that we've got. After all we've spoken about, this is the real big one, the real kind of hard-hitting, hard-hitting stuff that's been going on this week. And it is the kind of Logan Paul, Ben Askren, Ferrari. Everything's going on. Jake Paul. Jake Paul, even. Sorry, I still don't know. I still can't remember which one's which. But they've had a... Yeah, they've had a... You know, because I, uh, I suffered myself... And watch the press conference, Joe. Well, this is it. I was going to uh, say that now, they, had, they had a little face-off. I saw that. I, I, you mentioned the, the presser. I couldn't quite bring myself to watch it, to spend my actual lifetime watching it. But but you you chose to take one for the team. Well, you're, you're a busy man, Joe. You've got lots of uh, things in a lot of pies. That's it. You've got a lot to do. You're, you're a busy man. You shouldn't be wasting your time on things like that. Trivial. I, on the other hand, have got time to do that. So, <laughs> uh, I watched it, and I don't think I've ever come out of watching a press conference and disliked anyone more than I did Jake Paul. I don't know if that is his intention. I don't know if he's just playing the, the role very well. But he's he possibly the most unlikable man on the planet. Um, I don't know who he is, don't know what his content is, but obviously, if you don't know, he's fighting Ben Askren in a boxing match. Ben Askren does what he does best. He was just putting him down, uh, passive-aggressive, just dominating the conversation, just chilled. You know Ben Askren. He's a legend. And if <laughs> he's got to do the world a favour. Uh, yeah, knock out Jake big Paul. time. He's got to. He's got to do it. Jake Paul was talking like he's representing boxing and Askren's representing MMA like he's a boxer. He's had two fights, one against a basketball player and I think one against a YouTuber. Um, he's, oh, he's fully he's into saying, it. This is the fight game, man. This is the fight game, yeah. Ben Askren. 
and he's a YouTuber. So it was pretty cringe. I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she was like, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever watched. Why are you watching it? I was like, I have to watch it. I told you I'm going to watch they were, it. They, to yeah, they were my faults, exactly. <laughs> I, did, I did suffer 14 minutes of it, and it was just cringe. Masvidal's behind Jake Paul, which is in, oh, yeah. disappointing. It's embarrassing. Why? Why? Um, it, it was very, very cringe to watch. He's a 24-year-old. Fair play to him. He's a, obviously a good businessman to somehow con people. Well, he, he's, he's, he's wrapped you in it, hasn't he? Yeah. He's wrapped you in and you now hate him. You have this you have this physical emotion within you that's going to impact your decisions in, in life now. So that's what that's what he's doing. Uh, it was, yeah, it was impacting me emotionally, physically. And, <laughs> and just can't think of any other sort of. Thing psychologically psychologically yeah psychologically but I, I love Ben Askren so much I always liked him even when we realised he probably weren't what we thought he was going to be when he turned up in the UFC but he, he's so funny he's, he's so eloquent he talks well he just jokes and he's wrapped me in it and I'm fully behind Askren it was gonna be <laughs> yeah right. you got to be I do worry he, he has to win that's yeah. the thing. He has to win. You can't lose to this guy. He's wearing the most ridiculous clothes when he turns up. I know it's such a silly thing to get wound up on. He'll never be able to teach a seminar or anything again if he loses, Askren. Because you can just say, well, you, no. well, a bloke, a YouTuber done a bit of boxing and he beat you, so. What, what do you know? What do you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, anno- yeah. it's so annoying because I, I, I actually am worrying that he might get beat because his stand-up is not great. He's just had a hip replacement. He's on the, the wrong side of uh, 35. Uh, he's a 24-year-old Jake Paul. He, he's obviously athletic. He's obviously, I'm not going to say gifted, but he's obviously got some to be boxing. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Over, That's he's knocking some people out. So it is a bit of a worry. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe I've... This is probably what we've spoken... We spoke about this more. <laughs> yeah, we have. Garland and Stipe, which is a bit of a worry in itself. But I, I'm, I'm involved now. I'm involved. You're buying a pay per view. No idea when it is, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a month, at least a month away. So you you got time to let the suspense you, you build. Something like that, Joe. If like, because obviously you're a YouTube star. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, would you consider something like that if you just offered out someone like Jake Paul? Would you Would you be willing? Yeah, I mean, we might as well. We got we've got to get our name out there somehow, haven't we? So I, I think what we should officially do is call out all other podcasts. <laughs> and ho- hopefully we don't end up with like Matt Sarah or someone like that coming back because obviously that would be uh, a bit difficult. Well, yeah, I think we should call out podcasts of people who are sort of under £140. Yeah. So anyone who's out there of a certain size. Children. Not children. No. No, I don't think that will <laughs> give us a good name. Particularly if we lose. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'd be up to say like that. But mate, you've got to watch it just so you can get annoyed. You know when you have, like <laughs> follow some people on Instagram because you know they annoy you. And yeah, you just want five minutes because you like getting annoyed. By yeah, it's like that. It's just like slowing down for a, like a car wreck or something. It's just like that. Oh, well, I'll see what happens. I've got to go back to work now, so I might, I might sack that off and spend fifteen minutes watching the press conference. Back to work. <laughs> But I'll let you wrap up then, Joe. I've got to go out there. I've got just a uh, few house viewings as well. Still haven't sorted it out. So the clock's ticking. I could be homeless. I might have to live in your uh, your gym, the mustard gym shed. 
things uh, carry on like this. Well, that's fine. There's plenty of room. You can obviously get pretty swole while you're down there as well. So every cloud has a silver lining. But yeah, that wraps up the end of the episode. Thank you everyone very much for listening. We are Mustard MMA. You can check out our socials, Twitter, Instagram, Mustard MMA at the Mustard MMA. Check out mustardmma.com as well. Leave a like, comment, subscribe, get involved in the conversation as well. And uh, we will be back next week. We have got the, obviously, the Darren Till Vittori card to look forward to. But other than that, get out of there and enjoy a bit of sunshine as well before it starts raining at the weekend. So, bonjour, ça va, au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs>